myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. There's a hush in the crowd as the teams take the field. It's that time of the year. At the end of trophy they wield, they'll duke it out for seven games. The first of four wins it all. Let's step out on the field. Throw up your gloves. Let's play ball. It's World Series time. Place your bets, please don't whine. It's the Rangers and the D-backs. World Series time. Welcome to the Long Gone Podcast. It's me, Michael, and with me as always, S-Man. What up? Steve Ford. How's it going, man? It's going. Now, that was off of what? Uh, That was a a, a melody there. No, no, it's actually a uh, a song that my my, my dad wrote. Really? It was a melody of a song that my dad wrote that I just changed the lyrics on. Yeah, so it's a Steve, it's a Steve Ford, uh, Steve R. Ford. Yeah, wow. no yeah, kidding. Yeah, it was a, a song, a song uh, called Ingadine. Uh, he uh, kind of wrote a song about the UP. I was gonna say Ingadine. I used to stop at a gas station there. Yeah, see, yeah, yeah. No, that, really? that, that was what what when the lyrics. Yeah, it's uh. uh, uh uh, there's a hush in the wheat fields when they first start to bend with the coming of autumn and the northwesters winds. There's a change in the maple. The birds fly away and you'll find only locals at the old IGA. And I used to be at the, I, I have stopped there before. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Pretty good. No stuff, kidding. Huh? Yeah. Wait, what, what, did your dad have a connection up there? Uh, we would go up every summer for, uh, for vacation. No so shit. Wrote, wrote for a, that? Wrote a song about our, uh, our trips up north. Yeah. That is good. very fucking cool, man. Yeah. Yeah, so. I think that's the only song written about Ingadine. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Inga do, Inga D, Inga you, Inga me, Inga's yours, Inga's mine, Ingadine. Oh my God. What is that? Pretty good, huh? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Damn, bro. Yeah. yeah. He's quite the, uh, quite, quite the lyricist there, my dad. Well, that's all we have time for today, I guess. Yeah, right? that's it. We'll see you guys next week. All right. <laughs> Do another uh, Steve Ford song. Yeah. Damn, that's pretty good. I gotta hear some yeah. more. Uh what's your dad's name? Steve Ford. Oh, Steve Ford, yeah. So I gotta yeah. I gotta hear more Steve Ford uh originals. Yeah, yeah, he's got he's got he's got quite a few. He's you know record a couple of uh couple of albums and stuff. So yeah. Let's go. Uh-huh. <clears throat> so you know, let's go. We got the World Series lined up here now, huh? Yeah. So, uh, yeah We're finally exa- it's exactly how we predicted it, isn't it? I thought the game sevens of both would mm-hmm. have been a little more exciting. Yeah, kind of a limp dick game seven. <laughs> kind right? of a limp dick game seven for both <laughs> the Rangers and the Astros and the Diamondbacks and of course the Phillies. That, was the final eleven to four or whatever yeah. in the Rangers game? Yeah, it was pretty bad. I think it was over in a hurry, man. When uh I think I, I'd sent you like a gif or something like that of uh of, yeah. <laughs> of the wooden spoon gif from Waterboy or whatever after yeah. that first that first inning and the Astros fell behind three nothing. I was like, Yeah, this is it's not going to be their night. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of it. And I ca- ended up catching the last game and it was just ugly. I mean, it yeah. was it wasn't great. A 4-2 win by Arizona. Wow. Uh, you know, Philly's kept it interesting halfway through, but then Arizona pulled ahead. I mean, I tell you what, <clears throat> has Corbin Carroll been the <laughs> best rookie we've ever seen since Ichiro? So the funny thing is, is like he kind of had up until last night he had kind of a subpar uh, uh cs series you know not, right not the corbin carroll we'd seen really in the regular season but i think he went three for three or something with a double and rbi and stuff he came alive when they needed it the most there in that in that clinching game but yeah right. i think he's he's right up there i you know with rookie performances in the playoffs it's uh it's been it's been amazing to watch. Well, it's just how he's taken the reins of the team. I mean, you mm-hmm. watch the guy, and it's like he's a ten year vet. Yeah, I mean, he's exactly. Playing, he's like what twenty something years old. Yeah, he's twenty three years old, and he's playing <laughs> amazing. I mean, this season, two eighty five average, twenty five dingers, pretty good, seventy six ribs. Yep. But just the way he has commanded that team and mm-hmm. has taken over the outfield, I think he mainly plays right field. Yeah, and I'm just super impressed by him. Me I mean, I'm super, super impressed by him. I mean, well, it looks like he mainly played left field, but I mean, okay. he played 64 games in right field, 
74 games in the left field and 44 in center. So he can kind of play everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the guy's just been a stud. I mean, I just, I think he committed only one or two errors this year, one error, you know? So no, two. Yeah. So it's two errors this year. Yeah. I mean, the guy's just been playing out of his mind. And then like you just said, he's picked it up with the postseason, which is really good, but hats off to him. But I I honestly do feel the best performance in the postseason has to be Adolis Garcia, man. My gosh, was it 14 RBIs? Yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, (laughs) this is probably something when you look back, remember Rosarena had a really good couple years ago. He had a really good postseason as well. But when you go back, you're you're probably going to look at just one of the great postseason performances of all time. And I I think that's Adolis Garcia. I mean... 357 average, 15 ribs, five home runs. Man. I mean, really good. And that was just against man. Houston. That's just against yeah, exactly. Houston. That's just one series, man. Yeah. That's just 15 one RBIs series. in one series. Yeah. I mean, my God. I'm sh- and he was obviously the MVP of that series. And yeah. I'm sure if Texas goes on to win it, he'll, I mean, who else are you going to put? I mean, yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah. But looking in, in this, and this is an interesting matchup. I, one, I was talking to my buddy last night about it. It's kind of cool we got new blood in there just because, yeah. I, you know, I kind of see it sick seeing the Houston Astros in there. I mean, and but it's nice the Texas Rangers have their moment in the sun now. And then the Phillies, who I thought were just going to be a lock for the World Series after coming out of the second round, what they did to the Braves. Dude, they just died in those last. I thought after they won game five, it was going to be game, game set match. Phillies, you're coming back yeah. home. You just have to win one of those games. Yeah, and they just couldn't. Bryce Harper and Castellanos just pretty much must have left their bats in Arizona, you know, because it was so it was, they just did not come come up. And and Harper's usually the one that's been coming up big in the uh, the postseason. Yeah, Schwarber too. Is not Schwarber yep, too. Schwarber. I, I was I was definitely not impressed in last night's game. I mean, you saw a lot mm-hmm. of swing and miss, a lot of overreaching. For pitch or for they pitches, frustrated. Oh, they did. I mean, Chris Alec Baum. I mean, you're batting fourth Alec, in the Alec lineup. Baum broke his bat. Uh, did you see after yeah. that strike? I think in the yeah. or whatever he uh, swung and missed and broke his bat after he knew he, he fucked so up. Pissed. Yep, yep. Just okay. bad, bad swings. And I'll give it to Arizona's pitching. I mean, they knew. Mm-hmm. It seems like they had a game plan, and they were basically yeah. trying to pitch him low, and they would mm-hmm. throw a lot of curves that would drop. Yep. Right in, mm-hmm. um, a lot of low and in, a lot of low and away, a lot of low, just low. And mm-hmm. man, the Phillies were just trying to, they did, they bid on it and they just couldn't Every make it happen time. from, from Bryson Stott. And like you said, Casty wasn't, wasn't doing anything. Casty even batted down on the order. So you knew he was yeah. having a rough series. Yeah, exactly. All the way yeah, around. Just, but hmm. yeah. I was expecting a little bit more for game sevens just because it's so, you know, so great. Mm -hmm. But yeah, in the end, we have the Texas Rangers representing the AL, the Arizona Diamondbacks uh, representing the National League. And this is going going to be a pretty good series. Now, kind of looking at the series, Steve, Mm -hmm. I guess in all, you and I will will go to our tail by the tape here in a little bit. But where are you leaning? Man. I'm leaning towards... Texas, yeah, I'm the same. I'm the same. Uh, just I feel like Texas has a little bit more firepower, but I wouldn't be surprised if Arizona pulls it out. the The, the good thing though is uh, there will not be any rainouts in this uh, series because this is the first time in in World Series history that both teams have a roof. Right. Yep. So yeah, I I did not realize that till I was driving to work and someone uh, said that on one of the morning uh, shows on MLB Network that. Uh, this is the first time that it's uh, both uh, both stadiums will have a roof, so we will not be having a, any sort of a, a rain out or any any weather whatsoever here. So, well, that's good. Shit, that's that's yeah. really good. I mean, so this will be. I yeah. mean, this has been a really fast postseason, and I post-season. and yep. to, and I kind of have to say, I mean, of all the postseasons in every major sport, baseball is the one that really flies by. Between that and mm-hmm. obviously the NFL, they yep. they just fly by. So, I mean, that's always good for the most part, even though yes. we do agree they should shorten the season, which we've talked about for like right. three shows in a row for pretty much. But... <laughs> yeah, we have. <laughs> 
but, but yeah, I'm kind yeah, of leaning I, towards yeah. Texas too. Yeah, but it, it'll be fun to watch either way. It'll be it, you know it'll be a, a champion that we haven't seen as Arizona's first uh, World Series appearance since uh, 2001. Oh wow! And yeah. uh, uh, in Texas, uh, you know, it's been Texas 2011. I think was their last appearance. So, and uh, Texas has yet to. I think they haven't won a, a World Series yet, have they? They so, have not. Uh, they have not. Yep. So they could be a first-time champion, or uh, either way, it's going to be a, a first uh, championship in a long time for either one of these franchises. Well, and that's where the MLB has to really capitalize on these storylines, and that's one thing I think they've always done a poor job of in the past. Somehow, over the years, baseball <clears throat> has taken itself way too seriously and doesn't really capitalize on the stories. You and I have talked about this, I think, early on in the season and, and in past shows and in past seasons of our show. We've talked about how the marketing for Major League Baseball isn't as good as, say, the Major League Baseball, or I'm sorry, isn't as good as the NFL where or basketball, where those guys really capitalize off their stories, whether there's mm-hmm. player beefs, whether there's, I mean, remember, they would make mountains out of molehills. I mean, oh, yeah. simple stories like simple stories such as Kobe and Shaq, right, where cool. they didn't hate each other, but it you really bought into the story, right? LeBron taking over teams and people who would leave the teams, it would become a big thing. I mean, now look what they're doing with James Harden's fiasco. Oh, man. The NFL has a plethora of stories that they always throw our way, and that's because they just know how to market their league and their players because you're invested in these stories. So when a team gets to the finals, when the team gets to a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. it's always the stakes are on the the states the stakes are on the line, man. I mean, mm-hmm. there's so much there. Last year, the Kelsey brothers was a big one, oh, yeah. right? The Kelsey yep. going head to head was like a big storyline. So yep. one thing I wish MLB did was kind of capitalize that. I mean, one of the bigger storylines I felt like they could have did during the Angel season before Mike Trout mm-hmm. and then Mike Trout got hurt was God, in the World Baseball Classic, it was Trout versus Otani, and, mm-hmm. and, and Otani not really, or Otani coming through it being the victor in the end of that, and there was no friction there in, in the mm-hmm. lineup, and maybe because they're vanilla guys, but you think they would play up that storyline more, and oh yeah, and, and here we are, Steve, in, in this World Series, and you kind of want to bring up these stories, so kind of going back to what you said, this is the first Texas potential World Series, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not the first time they've been in a World Series, but no. It's first the first time they could win one. So yeah. why wouldn't you play that up? Yep. No, I don't know. It doesn't <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It just seems like uh, these are lower market teams, so it's not like they're getting the storylines that, as you would say, a uh, uh, L.A. or a uh, uh, New York or uh, you know, even Houston to an extent. Uh, you know, seem to get right. the, the storylines. The people that have been there all the time, they seem to get it. But yeah, I I I I don't know why they're not talking up. Uh, you know, there's potential, you know, to, especially the Diamondbacks. It's a total Cinderella story. And and Texas. Texas lost 100 games two years ago. Right. All right. You know, it just shows, you know, talk about the 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 go from rags to riches there of, uh, you know, a team that was down and out and back to a World Series uh, within, you know, a couple of years. And then Arizona getting to a World Series when people uh, counted them out pretty much from day one. They, you know, backed themselves in the playoffs of, what, 80 six 87 wins right something like that you know and then they've just uh had all the odds stacked against them and found a way to get the world series talk about that you know right but i mean how doing that that's exactly it how come you don't and you mentioned past seasons where if they're a new york or la team they they they'll they find some pump them up and they do sometimes um i felt like a big one and i'm only talking like conflict i mean I, i'm not right. talking about I mean, which they should. I, I, I should probably mention they should talk about more, right? Maybe this mm-hmm. kid that comes from nothing and he's something. I think Corbin Carroll is an easy target. This kid who literally has helped take this team to the next level at it on his rookie year, which mm-hmm. is fucking amazing. When the Diamondbacks lost 110 games in 2021, like two <laughs> years removed from that, and that's what yeah. you're doing now. So yeah. those are big kind of stories, but they just don't. And uh. It just it strikes me as odd, but kind of, you know, going to the bigger market teams. I mean, you even had it with when the Dodgers were in the World Series not long mm-hmm. ago. I mean, those are good storylines, right? Mookie coming from Boston yep. and, and and doing his thing. And is they talk about it, but they don't capitalize on it. They right. don't really lay it home to where because people love stories. People love yeah. they just love it. And like you just said, I mean, Diamondbacks are a Cinderella story. So, you, you know, you want to hype that up. Yeah. And, and, and it helps for for people that don't follow these teams every day it helps to get to know them the the players more if you can do the individual 
you know, background stories on these guys right. on, the te- uh, on the team as a whole. It helps right. the, the outsiders get to know the team better and maybe want to root for them a little bit more. And know? that's that's why I think you sh- they should be able to work with publicists. And mm-hmm. and if I was Corbin Carroll, and I and that's the thing, it kind of sucks because Mike Trout's the same way. Some of these yeah. guys are pretty vanilla. They don't want to be yeah. out in the headlines like yeah. that. They don't want to do that. But I'm telling you, it does really help w- uh, your following and mm-hmm. your pay your your money, your bank account. If you really kind of go out there. I mean, I, I love people who make their own hype videos. I mean, you've seen that with Odell Beckham and and some of those guys who who will create their own hype videos, and that goes viral, and that's mm-hmm. huge. I mean, if I was Corbin Carroll, I would literally, or if I was a publicist of Corbin Carroll, I would hire an editor. I would hire a voiceover artist and then say, take all my clips during the fucking season, <laughs> cha- put it into this, this rookie who was drafted in the late first round a few a few years ago and then suddenly has this team by the balls and is actually leading this team a real rags to riches story i mean look what they did at the beginning of the season they were taking the west they got down and let the padres and the yankees or the padres and the the dodgers move above them and then look at they are they kind of made a a phillies jump like they did like the the phillies did last year yep yep so i know i agree yeah, 84, 84 wins. Would they be the least number if they win the World Series? That's got to be up there for the least number of regular season victories for a World Series champion. Uh, oh, I know, well, I mean, I know, I know St. Louis in 2006. Uh, I think they won like 86 games when they beat the Tigers. Like they, they were in the 80s, but well, the Cardinals, uh, let's see, the Cardinals finished the 06. Yeah, the 06 yep, yep. was 83 and 78, and they were in the second worst. Okay. Yeah. The worst record to ever win a World Series, which I just looked up, yeah. was the Minnesota Twins in 87. Huh. Yeah, the team that beat the Tigers. So 80, they were 85 and 77. 85. Okay. So technically, they won more games, but they had a better record, I guess, because they have less losses than the Cardinals in 06. Mm. Man, common thread there is the Tigers. <laughs> common thread, bro. It sucks. <laughs> Eighty-seven. The Tigers were huge favorites there, oh. but for some reason that series uh, started in uh, in Minnesota because yeah. of like the coin. It was like a coin flip, or it was an alternate years with uh, with with uh, AL for yeah. It was, it was some stupid rule anyway, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And then in two thousand six, the Tigers were heavily favored in that World Series, and uh, we know how that played out, so. and we know how that fucking played out. So. <laughs> anyway. So, uh, all in all, I can't wait for the World Series. Yeah. It's going to fly by before we know it, but I'm really excited that two teams won. I was very much down on. I mean, our listeners will know that mm-hmm. I was. What did I say? You don't win World Series with Simeon and you did Corey with Seager. Seager. Yeah. Yep. Wait, you said that after they were both signed. Yeah. I couldn't have been more wrong about our fucking predictions this year than anything. <laughs> like everything. <laughs> Even the postseason predictions at the start of the postseason, I got <laughs> dramatically wrong. So. Uh, you and me both, man. I, I was right. I was. I was right. I was right there with you when they signed uh, Seager and uh, and Simeon to those big contracts. You can't build a team around these guys yeah. with these being your your center stone or cornerstones there. But oh, they proved us wrong. Didn't they? Well, we always <laughs> said. Remember, we always said, "Oh, the Robins to Batman." You know, where's yeah, the Batman in those teams? E- exactly. Yeah, exactly. we eating shit right now. So. <laughs> yeah. um, in other news, which is really weird, and maybe you can make some sense of this. Okay. Bob Melvin went to the Giants, which yeah, how'd that, how's that possible? Wasn't he still under contract with the Padres or was he not? He was. OK, so draft they, pick or? Yeah, because he had to get permission to even interview for him. OK, and it makes no, it makes no sense. Honestly, man, they, they fish with a better record than the Giants. I don't get it. I, I don't. Yeah, I, I know he's from the Bay Area because he had all those years in Oakland, but mm-hmm. maybe. I, I don't know. I'm hearing he had some friction with the front office. I heard the front office in the last couple few managers have had too okay. much to say. So they, they, they can't get out of their own way then. Uh, yeah. Oh, That's what I'm God. thinking. Um, his name's AJ Preller, who is the okay. the president and the GM. So he does both. And he's only 46 mm-hmm. of the San Diego oh, Padres. Okay. And yeah, Steve, it sounds like from what I'm hearing, from what I've read, I don't I, I can't I don't have anything to back this up and say, hey, this is 100 percent legit. I don't know. Right. But from what I'm hearing is he's a real hard person to work under. Ugh. So well, that's a pain in the butt. Yeah, especially for a guy yeah. who like a Scott. He's at Scott Harris position, but Scott Harris was smart enough to hire yeah. a general manager now. Right. Where AJ has never yeah. he plays both roles and he's an over a. He's an oh. overbearing 
kind of guy. Overbearing. Oh, jeez. So, like you said. Well, then, uh, good, good on you, Bob Melvin, then, to get the yeah. hell out of there. You know? Uh, it, it's got to be difficult to manage under those conditions with a guy that uh, is pushy and, and demanding and just a pain in the ass. Yeah. Good on you. Good on you, Bob. Right. Well, and not to stand up for AJ Preller because I, you know, I, I don't know him or I don't know what he said or I don't even know if this is an issue, but mm-hmm. I'm sure it's really hard to manage a lot of stars like Bob like Melvin had, a, mm-hmm. had to manage. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't know. I mean, you have Soto, you have Tatis, you have Machado, oh. Blake Snell, you Darvish. I yep. mean, uh, Xander Bogarts. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's kind of a lot to ask of somebody yeah. to jump in there and say, hey, manage all these people. And then when that team doesn't meet expectations, especially when you have cool. like a billion dollar fucking team, mm-hmm. when you're you, they don't from the GM. And the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're going to hear from it probably on a daily basis. So mm-hmm. if you're the San Diego Padres, what do you do? Do you just say, let's get a young guy who they kind of already had before this? Mm-hmm. Do we just get a young guy that's just going to be a yes man? And. And we saw how well that worked out when they did that. This whole reason why they got Bob Melton was because the guys that before them couldn't get the team to live exactly. up to the expectations or get them over the hurdle. Right. You know? So if you go and revert back to that, you're going to be taking two more steps back and you won't be able to get over the top. I don't think. Yeah. I, I, what know. do you do? Right. Well, I, Gabe I just... Kapler's available. Gabe Kapler is available. <laughs> you know what? That, you know, you laugh, but it's kind of funny. Not only, not only is it funny, but it would make a lot of sense because yeah. I'm sure his next job, he would probably want to learn to how to keep it. So he would probably mm-hmm. be more open to suggestion. Exactly. Especially having exactly. been fired from two teams now. Two and teams now. as of, if you get fired as a third time, that's like a <laughs> death sentence as a manager. And mm-hmm. you're not Buck Showalter who can just literally has something on everybody. Or you're not like some of these guys who can just come in or Dusty Bakery can manage multiple teams because they've have winning records. So the fact that Gabe Kapler doesn't, I mean, he would make the most sense, but I don't know if that would make the most sense for that team. Yeah. Yeah. Look at Craig Council again, too. Go back to what we talked about with the the New Yorks. He might might be a good fit for San Diego. Yeah. And uh, today, Craig Council, it. I was going to send it to you, but Craig Council is interviewing for the Mets position. Right there now. we go. Okay. The Mets, uh, the Brewers gave him permission, which I don't like that teams do that. I don't like right. that they give their mm-hmm. managers permission to talk to other teams, but I understand you don't want to piss somebody off who doesn't want to be there. Right, right. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're not going to talk to anyone. You're staying here. Oh, fuck yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. It's like, fine, I'll fucking coach this team. Yeah, I guess I'll coach these bastards have a guy, a guy who's reluctant because then it's, yeah it's you just not you're not sure what you're getting and i guess yeah if i'm transitioning i guess into that aspect of it uh craig council yeah he, he's gonna interview for the okay. match you and i i think you are the first one to actually mention that he would be good for a job like that yeah like I, there's something where i just thought he'd be a uh i thought he'd be a good fit he seems like he's he's a reserve guy that could uh you know, he's gotten the most out of these Brewers teams that haven't actually had the the best amount of talent, but he's turned them into winners. And I think he could do that with a team that has arguably more talent and he could uh, get them over that, that, that hump there. So it'd be, it'd be, I, he definitely, I think would be, be, be good to watch and a good fit for the Mets. And I would assume that they're ready to win. Because at this point, well, Craig Council's career, I don't see him taking on a team that needs work. Although, according to Max Scherzer, though, uh, uh, when he talked with management on his way out, he asked him what their what their plan was here, and their plan is not to compete in uh, in twenty four, and they're going to retool for twenty five. Really? Yeah, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, unless they're selling the farm, so right. you can see that means Pete Alonso, Francisco Lindor. Mm-hmm. Some of those pieces will be gone, which I mean, mm-hmm. Brad and Nimmo, but they just signed contracts, so that'd be a yeah. tough one. But I, I get it. I mean, if they did go that route, I guess that would because if Craig Council, the way I'm looking at it, Craig Council and you and I have talked about this a couple of shows ago where I felt and I know you felt that Craig Council probably felt feels he's done all he can do with mm-hmm. Milwaukee. Yeah, there's only so much you can you can do and you get to just that certain point And it's just you keep hitting your head on the, the wall. Yeah. All those times you can't break through it like and a plateau, gotten, right? Yep, he's gotten to that point with Brewers. Yeah. Unless the Brewers want to get busy and then maybe go through and get Pete Alonzo or 
you know, try to get that to get that next step because they are they're missing just a couple more pieces, but you don't yeah. know if that that franchise is that hungry or if mm-hmm. that franchise just wants to roll with who they have with right. minimal amount of pay. Yep. Yep. So that's hard. But you know, another move <clears throat> would be for Craig Council, I said the Yankees, yeah. but then again, that's are they ready to win? No. I mean, we don't no. know. I don't think so. No, they they have lots of question marks, I think, on that team right now. So, Steve, yeah. if you're looking at somebody who's ready to win, why not take the newly open position of the Astros? Ooh. Right? Yeah. 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 That team, that team's still poised to go. I think, you know, there, there's no real expiring contracts on the team right now. Nope. Um, Everybody's kind of locked I've, in place. Yeah. I, I think that that would be the, the hottest opening, I think, and uh, going into the offseason here. I mean, you got uh, young stars still. You got old to older stars, mm-hmm. right? But yeah. I mean, when you say young, I'm saying Tucker is Tucker. still young and he's Pena. becoming a star. Pena. Oh, man. Yeah. Pena is big. Uh, Jordan Alvarez, who's the next yeah. Albert Pujols. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I think you've got a question is the pitching. But aside yeah. from that, if you figure that out, your team's fucking locked and loaded. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and, I, I, were you surprised to see Dusty step down? I wasn't. No, I wasn't. I, I think, you know, he's, what, 74 years old. I so. thought it was going to be after last year, to be honest. I, I, I thought him winning it last year, he was going to ride off into the sunset. But, you know, all, all managers, all coaches, I think, think like that. Yeah, I can ride off, but but wouldn't it be sweeter to try and repeat? You know, and so yeah. I think maybe he had that drive to try and, uh, you know, it didn't quite happen. So now it's time time to go. So I, I wasn't surprised at all. Yeah, you know, I think... Uh, you know, he's he's in his mid seventies now, trying to enjoy your your golden years, so to speak, and uh, spend some time with your kids and you know grandkids, and yeah, and just uh, enjoy life here for a bit. So I don't see him going on TV. I could be wrong, but I think he's when go and just live, just live his <laughs> life. Know? I mean, well, he is older. I mean, yeah, you got a guy that's exactly. probably pushing eighty. Yeah, and yeah, I think he's seven seventy four years old or seventy five something like that. And he's kind of our last connection to that old school Mm -hmm. baseball to that older baseball with with willie mays and with those kind of guys back in the day the 60s and the 70s hank aaron of course yeah and he's kind of our last kind of connection to any of them especially Mm -hmm. now that he's not a manager anymore so um and then you get the next phase would be the Buck Walters who are still getting <laughs> which which you told me he he's in uh, in line as one of the favorites of the Angels job. Huh? Something's wrong with the Angels <laughs> that if they do that, right? I agree. Yeah. I, yep. I mean, they already tried that route with Joe Madden, right? And at least Joe Madden's more accomplished, right? You know, and and it didn't work. Yeah. And what makes you think that Buck Walters is going to work then? Yeah, right? I just, I, it just, he's been a loser. I mean, he's been a winner <laughs> at certain stops, but he was never right. that guy to go over, get him over the, the, the hump, right? No, no, he's never, I don't think he, he's never made it to a World Series, has he? I mean, he's made it to the playoffs, obviously. Not I think he's that ever, I know of. I don't think he's ever managed a team to the World Series. He didn't do it with the Yankees. No. Nope. Because uh, the Yankees started winning right after he left. He didn't right. do it with the Diamondbacks because the Diamondbacks started winning right after he left. Right. He didn't do it with uh with the Orioles. No. Nope. Uh you know, and he didn't do it with the Mats. No. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he can get he can get teams to the postseason, but that then he flames out after that, you know. Yeah, he does. He flames out after that. And he's probably a good developer. I'm sure he keeps getting yep. I'm sure he keeps getting um jobs because he knows how to develop oh, people. Texas he knows how to talk to players. Yeah, he's with Texas there and he did really good with Texas, yeah. but I just don't know if he's that guy. You know what no. I mean? I don't know if if you're looking at him and you're like, yeah, this is the guy we want to lead our fucking staff going forward. Yeah. You yeah. know, this um, is the guy that's going to make Otani want to stay with the uh, the Angels, right? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't see it. I, I don't uh, I don't see it at all. And I don't know if. um, Yeah, it's just I don't know if the Angels mm-hmm. do it. There's just something wrong with them, because mm-hmm. especially with the when you have somebody like Craig Council on the market yep. and. I mean, God, they fired Joel Madden, which is weird, but I think that was more of a mutual thing. Yeah. And <laughs> the Mohawk. I'm sorry. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. The Mohawk. He did it. They did it after he cut his fucking hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> oh, man. He tried to get the team out of a slump, do the Mohawk, and then ownership met with him in his house right after he did it and fired him. Yeah. Then they like, they, then he got an interview. Then he got interviews. Like, well, I wish they would have told me before I did this. Yeah. Like, shit, dude, that's fucking rough. Oh man, that's rough. That is. Oh, but yeah, no, the Angels. 
It'd be that a stupid move would be to go after uh, Buck Showalter, I think. So. Yeah, it wouldn't make any sense. I just, no. I don't know who you would go for, but you wouldn't stick with the Joe Girardis and the Brad Osmuses, oh, but you, <laughs> you, you would try to go for somebody like a, a, a guy that's ready, that's proven winner. I mean, Craig Council is probably the best manager on the market, in my opinion, right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't see, if, other than that, you would have to look for some young guys who maybe like a Beltran, Carlos Beltran. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You know. Yeah. Or hopefully, eventually, Sandy Alomar Jr. gets a chance. See, I I really like Sandy yeah. Alomar. I I thought I don't know what the Guardians are going to do, but I think he yeah. should probably be their next guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why not? I mean, he just he is that team. So. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. So we got to get into it. I mean, we're it's time. We got to talk about the matchup, man. I mean, fail the tape. Tail of the tape. We did this last year where we kind of look at each position and see who has the advantage. And this one's actually pretty interesting. I mean, looking at us, we agree on a lot, but we're split on some, too. We are. Which makes a lot of sense because I can see this this series going either way. I mean, I know, like you just said a little uh, little bit ago, Texas is kind of leading that. Like, Texas, we, we think they have the advantage, but... It would, we wouldn't be surprised if we were wrong because right. Arizona could totally take this by the reins and move forward too. So, mm-hmm. um, looking at the positions, we'll go position by position. Um, starting pitching, Steve. Okay. So, we're starting off with starting pitching. Arizona has Max Scherzer. They got Evaldi. They got Jordan Montgomery, John Gray, Andrew Heaney. That's going to be their starters that we know of. Yep. We don't know if they're going to throw. This is what we're seeing on paper. We don't know. Right. If- if people are going to go with the three or four, I mean, at this point, you might go with three man rotation. I would think so, yeah. Um, yeah. but we're just saying pit arms versus arms right here. Yep. So, uh, and this is versus Zach Gallen, Gallen, um, Merrill Kelly. We got Nelson. We got Fott. Fott, I think. Yeah, he was the guy. He went the other day. Yeah, he he. Oh, uh, he pitched a little last yeah, night. He did a little. Yeah, back to back days. He, yeah, I mean. I Zach like Davies guy. is also yeah. at the end of that rotation. I think he, that he's going to probably play more of a. Um, and Fott too might play more of a bullpen role. Yeah. yeah. Because at this point, I mean, even, even with the Phillies last night, they were throwing the deck, the chairs overboard, the deck chairs yeah, overboard Zach because came in. <laughs> Zach Wheeler came in to try to get something going. Yep, so, yep. uh, expect, a, uh, Scherzer of all the in Montgomery for sure. And then we'll oh, yeah. see what happens from there. And then obviously Gallon and Merrill Kelly are, you got to go with those guys. Yep, so Steve, yep. who has the advantage, Arizona or Texas, in your opinion? Uh, I'm going to go with Arizona here. I think, uh, Texas is pitching. We talked about it during the season. It seems to be their kryptonite, you know, yeah. um, sure. Sir, you don't really know what you're getting. He's coming off injury. So he's been kind of up and down in his couple of, a uh, couple of appearances here in the uh, championship series. Evaldi is obviously their, their ace. I would, I would call all of that staff, but even then, you know, He's, you know, he's he's good, but he's no uh, Zach Allen or Merrill Kelly. So I'm going to give the advantage. I think just, uh, I, I don't know, uh, you know, it's close. But I'm going to give to Arizona. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I'm yeah. going to go Arizona too, just because everything that you were saying, it's hard. I mean, Zach Allen and and, and then you have Merrill Kelly, just a mm-hmm. one-two punch there. They've been really good. Uh, I think this postseason for both has been pretty decent yeah. for the most part. Uh, the most part. Uh, Zach Allen's, I think, when he pitched um, in Philly, he had two uh, starts in Philly, and they weren't great. I mean, they weren't great for the most part. I mean, right. 422 average, uh, you know, uh, his strike to K or his uh, strike to uh, ball ratio wasn't great as well, but I thought he did really good. Uh, against um, the Dodgers, and obviously he didn't pitch in the uh, Milwaukee series, but yeah. um, you got to like what he's doing. And Zach Allen is potentially a, a Cy Young candidate, so mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm the same way, Steve. I'm okay. going to go with starting pitching. Okay. Uh, yeah, then we'll head, uh, head to the bullpen there. Um, you know, once the Texas has uh, uh, Stratton Sp- Spores. Spores? Yeah, thank you. Bradford, Perez, Hernandez, then obviously Araldis Chapman's uh, hanging out in there. And then with Arizona, you got Seawold and McGow Ginkle, which I Ginkle was great uh, last night for uh, for Arizona and Castro and Nelson. Um, who do you think when it comes to uh, to to the bullpen? I mean, I, I think we're actually split on this one. 
<laughs> so yeah, this is what the first one that we're split on. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with Arizona. Okay. Just because I liked what they did in the Philadelphia series, even though there were some games where they really fell behind, I thought I thought Seawald and and some of those guys had a really good go at it. Ginkle, Castro, Nelson, all of them. I really like Seawald is really really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I love his style. I I love that these guys are consistently throwing over ninety miles an hour and getting the most out of their pitches. From what I've seen, compared to the both bullpens. Uh, Arizona's bullpen doesn't fuck around. They're going to come at you with strikes. They're not going to try to fuck around with stuff. The, only, the last night was one of the times where I have actually seen them fuck around a little bit. But at that time, they already knew they had Philly by the by by the short and curlies, mm-hmm. so they could fuck around a little bit more. But yeah, Steve, I'm going to go with Arizona's bullpen. What do you got? Okay. I went with Texas actually. Um, I think uh, Texas, while their starting pitching is uh, kind of up and down. You know their their bullpens really come on strong in the uh, you know the second half of the season. They've gotten better and picking up Rawls Chapman. I think was was big. He's got that postseason uh, postseason pedigree and can and can fire the heat. You're going to get a lot of um, you know you're going to get a lot of a lot of speed and stuff. Uh, you know you know good 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 arms in here. You know, obviously Will Smith. Uh, you know had a solid season as a closer, but. Um, you know, their numbers were a little bloated in the regular season, but I think they've gotten better as we've gotten, uh, you know, at the end of the season into the postseason. So I'm going to go with, uh, with Texas actually on this one. So, yeah. uh, yeah, no, man, it makes a lot of sense. Um, both are, I mean, it's hard, right? I mean, both it are is, doing yeah. really good. I'd say if we're saying closers, I'd take Chapman just because mm-hmm. he has bigger game experience, but, mm-hmm. um, so that's why Texas would definitely make sense. Um, okay. Let's go over to catcher, Steve. So. Yeah. Battle of catchers. Now, Jonah Heim for Texas. They also have Mitch Garver, but I think Mitch Garver is going to play more of a DH role. Yeah, I think so, uh, so, right now, the Battle of the Catchers for this World Series is going to be Jonah Heim versus Gabriel Moreno. Mm-hmm. Who do you got? I'm going to go Texas with uh, <clears throat> excuse me with Jonah Heim uh, just because I like more. He has more pop in his bat. 18 yep. home runs, 95 RBIs. Doesn't quite have the average that Moreno has. You know, he's batting 258. Moreno's is uh, considerably higher than that. Um, but I just like the uh, the the more offensive uh, attributes uh, that Jonah Heim has. You know, twenty eight doubles this season. Like I said, he you know hit a good chunk of home runs and came close to hundred uh, RBI. So I'm going to go with uh, Texas and Jonah Heim. I mean, it makes a lot of sense for Jonah Heim because when you look at the overall season, Jonah Heim ha- was the fucking man or is the man. But mm-hmm. I think if we're looking at right now what's going on in the postseason i'm gonna go with gabriel marino because i I think he is a guy that's just starting to take off Uh, we've seen it in the la dodger series where Mm -hmm. he was starting to take off me you know in those games he five ribbies and Mm -hmm. and two home runs 273 average and then you look at this this series he actually did good his strikeouts were a little high but i mean 296 average three ribbies eight hits overall uh, nine total uh, total bases which you know Mm -hmm. i love total bases and um you know, 367 OPB. I honestly think Moreno's bat is pretty valuable in this. Now, both catchers are very, very well, really good behind the plate. So they're going to catch good games for their pitchers. And they're working with pitchers who they don't need to call shit. The, right. you know, the pitchers are basically going to lead the way. But I think yep. if we're talking offensively, I'm going to stick with Gabriel Moreno because I think he's just turning it up and he could be that Pablo Sandoval, like Ooh. he Pablo Sandoval was in what, 2012? Yeah. So home runs in game one, right? Even though Pablo's not a catcher, but I'm saying that kind of that where he was kind of quiet and then just fucking right, takes off. Yep. Yeah. And that's where mm-hmm. I see happening in this series. So I'm going to go okay. with him. Okay. Uh, let's move over to the first base. Uh, we have uh, uh, Nate Lowe and uh, for, from Texas and then Christian Walker from Arizona. Uh, for me, at first base, I'm going to go give the advantage to Arizona with, uh, with Christian Walker. Uh, again, uh, like Jonah Heim, uh, batting average isn't you know quite as good, 258 average, but 33 home runs, 103 RBIs. He's that that veteran presence in this uh, young uh, Arizona lineup that that veteran uh, uh, look that they needed to help uh, to ba- balance the team and and really bring them together. So I'm going to give it to uh, the Arizona there and Christian Walker. I mean. I'm right with you on that one almost. I mean, well, I should say almost. I am right there with you. <laughs> uh, I think I think Nate Lowe is that sleeping giant ready to break out. But Nate mm-hmm. Lowe hasn't had, in my opinion, a great postseason, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, a 212 average overall. Uh, he Six ribbies. Um, and we're talking, I mean, this guy has played against the Rays. 
and mm-hmm. or I'm sorry, against um well the Rays, Baltimore, and Houston. And I, honestly, dude, he just he hasn't came up. He hasn't yeah. really came up big, and he's yeah. never been a big postseason guy. His last postseason with was with um I believe the Rays or against the Rays back in 2020. Mm-hmm. When I think, you know, and he didn't really come to play. So yeah. uh, and with Texas, he's not doing great, man. He's just not there. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm with you, Christian Walker, young guy, big time, big time stick. And this mm-hmm. is a guy who is turning into you kind of him and Mount Castle. I always felt like we're on the same level, but I'm seeing Christian Walker progressively get a little more. And I know he's only I know he's older and he's 32. But right. just the kind of profile that he is, I just see him starting to take off a little bit. Now, yep. he had 36 stingers last year, 33 this year. You might see his, as he's getting older, his numbers go down. But I don't know. I feel like the older he gets, the better he's getting. So, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. going to stick with Christian Walker, Steve. Solid. Yeah. Solid. Um. Okay, so next, we're going to go second baseman. This is the probably one of the harder positions to yeah. compare. And honestly... We'll start with you, Steve. What are we looking at? Uh, Marcus Marcus Simeon or Cattell Marte? Who are you going with? I'm going to go with Cattell Marte. Um, you know, I think he's one of the faces when you think about Diamondbacks baseball. And um, <clears throat> no, no offense to Marcus Simeon, but uh, Marte has just had a solid season: 276 average, 25 home runs, 82 RBIs, 26 uh, 26 doubles, nine nine triples. I mean, he's he's been you know he's he's been constant. And uh, he's a switch hitter, which is always always good to have in your lineup. Uh, so I'm going to give the slight edge here, though, to Arizona with Cattell Marte. I mean, I'm going to go Cattell Marte, too. I mean, he's just been uh, Marcus Simeon's kind of been a ghost. Yeah. And this is what this is the Marcus Simeon I remember seeing. To. I remember <laughs> seeing him in 2018, 2019 and the 2020. Right. Yeah. When he was with Oakland and he just yeah. wasn't a good. I, in my opinion, he wasn't a great playoff guy and it was 2020 he had a little bit better of a year um but i, I just I, I just haven't seen it with texas this year yeah. so far he's okay and then let's go by series by series with houston 207 214 and 111 uh 214 with the baltimore two, uh 111 with the baltimore or i'm sorry with the tampa bay rays mm. no home runs and this is a guy mm-hmm. who supposedly has power right yep Two yep. fucking ribbies. Well, I mean, come yep. on, man. So <laughs> Simeon, and this is the reason I was down on Simeon because he was just yeah. so he was just so spotty. But like you said, man, Cattell Marte's the guy. He's been the guy. He reminds me of like a Tony Womack when he was yeah. with Arizona in 2001. Yeah. The guy yeah. is just getting on base and finding ways to contribute and pull people around. And suddenly mm-hmm. he's oddly enough, he's be, he's becoming he's showing a lot of power in his bat. So uh, with being able to drive to all fields. So yeah, I'm going uh Cattell Marte as well. Um second base. Solid. Let's uh move over to third. Uh so for Texas you got Josh Jung and for uh Arizona, I mean you have Emmanuel Rivera, Evan Lagoria. Lagoria has been playing DA as well. Um so you know it's really you'll probably see a lot more Rivera, at least you did in the uh championship series. Uh so who do you got? Josh Young and uh, Rivera, the Rivera Longoria combo for uh, for Arizona. <laughs> I'm going to go with Josh Young. Yeah. Uh, just because I just like what he's doing. His approach to the plate is very simple. And he's, mm-hmm. you could tell his hitting coach was basically like, hey, don't go for anything outside the zone. Don't yeah. try to be a hero. You let him pitch to you, make him pitch to you. And that's what Josh Young is doing. And he's had an adequate postseason i think he's doing very well evan longoria you can just tell it's the end yeah i mean it's he's the end going through the motions here. He, he he's really you know he he is doing okay but he's not i think it's more for leadership sometimes yeah. his glove in certain scenarios but honest and emmanuel R- rivera i mean I, as much as i do like him too i just feel like it's we're all eyes are on josh chung so i'm going with josh chung what do you got yeah i agree with you 100 josh chung um i think if he hadn't uh uh, had the uh, the injury near the end of the season, he'd be your front runner for uh, rookie of the year. I love what he's done, and he's continued into the uh, the postseason. Just a, a solid bat, and uh, and you know, good good defensively as well. So, yeah, Texas, Josh Young on that one for me. Yep. Um, moving over to another big one. We're going shortstop. You know, we have one guy who has been here before, been there, done that, but knows how to perform in the postseason. He's the complete opposite of Marcus Simeon. And (laughs) and this is Corey Seager, who I'm talking about. And then you have another guy who just had a great, coming off a great series against Philly, and that's uh, Geraldo Perdomo. Perdomo. Steve, who do you got for shortstop? That's tough. 
you know, like like you said, uh, Perdomo's had had a great uh, past series here, but I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go advantage Texas here and go with Cor- with Corey Seager. The guy's mm. been here. Uh, he's had a fantastic year. Uh, you know, injured a little bit, but uh, you know, he's healthy here come playoff time and solid bat. And not only that, just a, a solid glove. You know, 33 home runs this year, 96 RBIs in limited action. Played 119 games and was able to get 40 42 doubles out of that that short period of time. I think he he is one of those. Uh, you know, we talk a lot uh, when he was in Los Angeles. He was more of a Robin, but he's kind of trying to turn more into a Batman here as he's come to Texas. And uh, yeah, I I, I got to give him him in Texas the edge uh, uh, for for the shortstop position. So give me Corey Seager. Yeah, um, I'm not going to say as uh, Steve said it all. <laughs> uh, uh, Corey Seager. I mean, you got to go Corey Seager, and he is. He's becoming the Batman. So Corey yep. Seager. Yep. Yep. Uh, moving to outfield. Uh, so this will be uh, this will be fun here. So we got uh, uh, Texas has Leody Tavares, Adolis Garcia, Evan Carter. Uh, yeah, I've got Robbie Grossman and uh, yeah, Jay, uh, I was about to say Jalen Duran. Oh, <laughs> Ezekiel Duran. Uh, but then for Arizona, you got Lars Gurriel Jr., uh, <clears throat> Thomas, and then obviously Corbin Carroll. Uh, what are you thinking for for outfield? This is actually a pretty, I think, tight position here. It's uh, hard. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm going to be honest. I had it Arizona, and then I flipped to Texas, and then I went back to Arizona. <laughs> and then went, Steve, I keep going back and forth on yeah. this because it is. It's really hard because they mm-hmm. all have good pieces. I mean, yep. uh, Leody Tavares, I mean, he's a guy who is just waiting to break out, and he's mm-hmm. had his moments, right? But two guys I'm so fucking not just proud of, but just mm-hmm. two guys have just been murdering it this offseason, or this postseason, I'm sorry, is Adolis Garcia and Evan yeah. Carter. Yeah. I mean, those two have just been Mm-hmm. I just I, I'm loving what they're doing. I mean, they both had great series, of course, against Philly. But then you go on the other side. Oh, and then I, I can't leave out, obviously, uh, Robbie Grossman and yep. Ezekiel Duran. Duran, who can play every fucking position. Then you have the, leader, <laughs> the leadership of Robbie Grossman. <laughs> Robbie Grossman, every time I look at him, he just always has a look in his face like, I can't believe I'm here. <laughs> I can't believe exactly. Um, you know, I mean, when you play for Oakland and Detroit, you're kind of yeah, like, oh, like, man. Oh, <laughs> I can't believe I'm here, but I'm grateful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then you look on the other side of it. All three of yeah. these guys are going to be future all stars and or are mm-hmm. have already become all stars and yeah. their paydays are coming. And that's yeah. Lords Guriel Jr., yeah. Alec Thomas, and yeah. who you mentioned, Corbin Carroll. Carroll. All three are fucking studs. But yeah. the reason why I'm going to choose Texas, that's who I'm going for with this, is because I'm going to ride the hot hand. And yeah. even though it's hard to say, right? Because Arizona is the hot hand as well. Right. But when I look at Adolis Garcia's numbers, he, the only thing I'm worried about for him and for Texas is that he's going to cool off because they're waiting, right? You got to yeah. wait a little bit before you play the World Series. But I mean, let me rattle off these stats just so we have it on record in our on our show. A 357 average for Adolis Garcia against Philly. Um, 15 ribbies, five home runs, 10 hits total, a slugging percentage of 893, OPB of 400. They got 25 total bases. I mean, I'm just going through his whole stat line. Practically, <laughs> I mean, total 20 yeah. ribbies for the postseason. I mean, the guy screams postseason MVP. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and between him and I love what Evan Carter's bringing to the table, too. This guy is not coming out of nowhere. I've seen it before, but I, I think he's just he's coming too. he's like mm-hmm. a, a consistent Nick Castellano. So uh, I'm going with Texas, Steve. OK, uh, I was the same way as you. I was going back and forth, uh, leaning Texas, then Arizona, then Texas and then Arizona, but I'm going to go with Arizona. I'm I'm going to ride, uh, I'm going to ride the Corbin Carroll train here. Uh, like I said, going into uh, Game Seven, he was having kind of a subpar series against Philly, but then kind of you know turned it up, had a three hit performance, couple stolen bases, couple RBIs, and I hope that he continue to to turn that up into the uh, the postseason. Obviously, you know regular season uh, rookie of the year most likely here. Uh, you know, and then I love Lords Gurriel Jr. and what he's doing now. Thomas, I just think it's a, it's a solid young uh, core for an outfield who will just continue to uh, to get better. So it was tough, but give me the uh, give me the Arizona Diamondbacks for the outfield. Love it, absolutely yeah. fucking love it. Uh, coming up, we got to talk DHs, man. So DH. we got one side Mitch Garver for the Texas Rangers, and that might swap. You might see yeah. him um, be a catcher, and they plug mm-hmm. somebody else in at DH. But right now, we're going to say Mitch Garver for Texas, and then for Arizona, Pavin Smith. Uh, and Evan Longoria, who they've been mixing, uh, yeah. mixing the two. Who do we got? 
Uh, it's uh, easy for me. I'm going to go Mitch Garver. Uh, you know, just the solid bat. Like we talked about Evan Longoria, he's pretty much he, he's he's there for the leadership. Like you said, he's not really there to to provide. And because of that, I think you know Mitch Garver, hands down, 19 home runs, 50 RBIs, 270 average, had a great season. Uh, yeah, give me Mitch Garver on this one. Yeah, Steve, I'm going to go the same. Mitch Garver. I mean, just in the last two series with Baltimore, hit over four, hit 407 ribbies, and then mm-hmm. now with Houston. Hits 250, has four ribbies to contribute. He gets on base. I mean, his OPB of 357 is nothing to shake a stick at. Right. I'm with you, man. It's Mitch Garver all the yeah. way. It's just I, not. And Pavin Smith has barely played in the playoffs. So. Yeah, exactly. I just had to throw him in there just because he occasionally chimes in a DH, but it's mostly right. I mean, I've seen him play <laughs> last night. You see yep. him in there, but yep. when he's when he does play, haven't seen too much contribution. <laughs> exactly, so. exactly. Yeah. Um, so to uh, round yeah. out man- managers, so we yeah. got a. Uh, for Texas, Bruce Bochy, who's uh, no uh, you know no stranger to the World Series, and then for Arizona, we got uh, Tori Lavello, uh, who's uh, been a mainstay for Arizona and finally got them over the hump. So, uh, managers, uh, who has the advantage here? I mean, yeah, how can you not yeah. choose Bruce Bochy? <laughs> the guy's won World Series. I mean, you're talking about a guy in a six year stretch won three World Series at Jeez, one point, yeah. 2010, 12, and 14. 14. Yep. I mean, I'm going. I'm going with uh, Bruce Bochy for sure. Yeah, same for me. Um, I saw the step. Bruce Bochy is now the first manager in Major League Baseball history to lead three different teams to the World Series. Uh, no one else has done. He did it with San Diego, and then obviously San Francisco, and now with uh, with Texas. Yeah, uh, he has the experience. Uh, no knock on Tori Lavella, who's a great manager, but uh, yeah, give me Bruce Bochy. Yeah, so. yeah, you got to go Bochy all the way. Yeah. Well, this is it. Uh, should we make our our prediction? Prediction: How many? Who wins? And how many games? You want to do mm, that? Or, yeah, uh, I think it will go seven again. I think it, I okay. just I, I think there's youth on both sides of the ball. I really try to look at the the veterans on both mm-hmm. sides, and they're kind of pretty much the same. If if you count like like Merrill Kelly's a little older, and then you mm-hmm. say Max Scherzer's a little older, older, but then you look at Evan Longoria, he's older. And then you look at uh, Texas, right, who has like Robbie Grossman and some of those guys. And they're kind of even, but there's a lot of youth there. And I think that youth carries them to these extra games, you know, that they got to play. So I think it's going to go in seven and I think it's going to be Texas. Uh, I got to agree. I think I'm going to go Texas. Uh, uh, I think that they they just have too much uh, firepower. Give me Texas and six. Texas and six. Okay. Yep. Yep. So yeah, should be should be should be fun. So if you're betting, everybody do the opposite because Steve yeah, and I've been yeah, wrong so much this say, year. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> we're, we're like Arthur Spooner here. Remember yeah. his, his advice on King of Queens: just do the opposite. Just do the opposite. Because he's always <laughs> exactly. going to be wrong. Yeah, that's exactly. that's been us. So I wouldn't be surprised if Arizona wins it. Wins so. it. Yep, yep. Mark, you heard it here first. Right? <laughs> yeah, but Texas is looking good. You, like I said, we went the tail of the, ta- of the tape. Yep. You, you kind of look at all the positions, and it's hard to deny Texas. But yep. you can almost make a case for Arizona, too. It's just Texas has a little bit more firepower. I, honestly, a big deterrent or a big a big problem, potentially, could be the wait time before they play the World Dude, Series. Yeah. yeah. When's game one again? like two weeks no, i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah. wouldn't that be shitty it'd be yeah, like right. oh when are we playing oh in two weeks it's like wow talk about you're gonna have rusty arms and everything <laughs> no no they end up playing in a couple days but that's okay. gonna be what three four days off yeah. i mean that's yep. a little much man so i agree i agree yeah yeah come on you know they yeah yeah Short, I just keep it rolling. I, exactly. I understand they do it like this because the World Series is like the Super Bowl. It's the biggest event yep. and they yep. got to do all the marketing and things. But it's mm-hmm. just those. That's why I'm right ca- I'm kind of glad both teams went to game sevens because yep. it was Evil no te- time off. Exactly. Really yeah. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yep. It's not like uh, one team did a sweep and had to wait a long time. Right. Which we've seen. Remember, yeah. remember that happened to the Tigers? Tigers. Yep. They swept the Yankees and had to wait like two weeks. It felt like. Right. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and then their backs went cold. Yep. Like completely <laughs> fucking cold. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. This should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. Should we uh, head on over to Collection Corner? Let's do it. All right. Yeah. Up for me this week is Corey Seeger. Um. Uh, four dollars and seventy eight cents. That's a thirty seven point eight eight percent increase. As market price right now sits around seventeen dollars and forty cents. Uh, yeah, some cards you can go out is mostly as rookie cards. Two thousand sixteen tops uh, series one rookie card. 
Uh, let me throw some Panini in there as well. It's 2022 Panini Diamond Kings Blue Frame, uh, number 33. And, of course, his top 21 Heritage uh, 403. Now, down for me, surprisingly, is Aaron Nola. But it, well, you would think it happened right away, but it has yeah. been down all week. So it's down eight dollars and twenty five cents. It's a seventy point seven five percent decrease. Market price right now sits around three dollars and forty one cents. Uh, some ones you can get dirt cheap are his two thousand sixteen Bowman Chrome Rookie one twenty five, his two thousand twenty one Tops Holiday Edition HW seven, and his two thousand twenty three Tops All Aces all down. What do you got, Steve? Uh, up for me this week is uh, Dusty Baker, actually. He's up $10.27 or 35.78% increase to a market value of $38.97. Up cards includes 1979 tops, number 562, and his 1973 tops, number 215. Uh, down for me this week is uh, Nathan Evaldi. He's down a $1.13 or a 30.96% decrease to a market value of Two dollars fifty-two cents. Uh, down cards include his 2022 Tops Finest Flashbacks number ninety-two and his 2017 Tops Series One number two sixty-one. Nice. Yeah. So we uh, get the candles out and celebrate a birthday. Let's do it. All right. It's a happy heavenly birthday to Pirates great and Hall of Famer Ralph Kiner, born on October twenty-seventh, nineteen twenty-two. Stats on Ralph Kiner are two seventy-nine career average, three hundred sixty-nine home runs, and one thousand fifteen runs batted in for his career spent a majority of his career with pittsburgh pirates from 1946 to 1953 then spent 53 54 with the cubs and then uh, rounded out with the uh, cleveland indians at the time from in 1955 career highlights include being a six-time all-star a seven-time nl home run leader uh seven or an nl rbi leader in 1949 as pittsburgh pirates number four is retired he's part of the pittsburgh pirates hall of fame He's part of the New York Mets Hall of Fame, where he was a, uh, a broadcaster after his uh, career, uh, playing career up until starting with the inception of the Mets up until when he passed away, which was, I think, 2014. Right. And then he has the New York Mets microphone uh, honored, I think, probably, uh, you know, like I said, for his contributions to broadcasting. He's inducted in the Hall of Fame in 1975 on his 13th ballot. And a little trivia about him is he is the second cousin twice removed of mm. Isaiah kiner Falefa. Who is the utility infielder for the New York Yankees? Well, there it is. Well, there you go. Right. So happy heavenly birthday to Ralph Kiner. That is actually some pretty good trivia. I yeah. would have never guessed because yeah. Kiner Falefa, it's who you know, who would have assumed, exactly. right? Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah, that's kind of an interesting one. Yeah, he died when yeah. kind of uh or when did uh Kiner die? Back in like 14, I think. Yeah, I think it was 14, yeah, yeah. 2014. Yeah, wow, 91. Was, uh, yeah, he lived a yeah, long time. Yep, no World was, Series, uh, no World yep. Series. Yep. So yeah, he was a Mets broadcaster from there. I think when they started all the way up until when he passed away. So uh, a great broadcasting career. Yeah. Happy Heavenly. Yeah, exactly. Happy Heavenly birthday to Ralph Kiner. Nice. Well, that's a fucking show. Oof. It's a really good show, man. Yeah. A lot of breakdown of the World Series. Next time we talk, we're probably going to still be in the World Series. Yeah, like the knuckles weaning. deep in the World Series. Knuckles, knuckles deep the... You know the the weaning days, the last days of baseball for twenty twenty three, which is going to be interesting. Yeah. Hey, real quick, did you see the that they started this new league called United Baseball? No. Yeah, they started this. It's in the Middle East. It's Middle East baseball, and I I know every league is kind of like the XFL and USFL, and you got to walk before you run. But these guys, they decided, fuck it, we're gonna have a draft, and I don't even know like what they were thinking, but Bartolo Colon got drafted. Really. So at 51, I think he's almost like 51 or he's 40 something. I don't know, but he's he got drafted. Uh, Robinson Cano is going to play. Uh, yeah. They're not testing PEDs over there. Yeah. Huh? Pablo yeah. Sandoval. Pablo Sandoval. Okay. You know what? You know what they should do? They should let this league use steroids. steroids. Yeah. <laughs> That's super happens. interesting. And then, yeah, just why not? So they have like four yeah. or five teams. Okay. And they have, I mean, they drafted people who just didn't make it on other teams and they just went all out. Uh, they tried with, to go after Otani. Yeah. <laughs> but you take your Middle East money. So you probably got yeah, Saudi exactly. money. And, yep. Yep. you know, it's kind of like uh, uh, Live Golf, I'm exactly. sure. Mm. But it, it's an interesting concept. Uh, they haven't talked too much about it. They're going to play in old cricket stadiums that they're going to kind of like they do with basketball and hockey and, oh. you know, those kind of where they transform the field and do mm-hmm. another. So they're going to do that. And it's going to be pretty interesting. I, I'll probably just check it out. Um, it's just interesting to see, like, some of the it's retired gonna, players are playing. It's going to air over here. I'm 
somewhere maybe i don't know from what i've seen it's just going to be on their website to start so i I think they're just going to test it and see what happens and see what kind of audience they have in the middle east but i thought that was kind of interesting that you're bringing back people that i already dd gregorius is going to play which thought he's been retired but i guess not so yeah okay well what are you gonna do right yeah 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 (laughs) Uh, I'll, I'll, i'll be sure to check it out yeah um but in, this, in the weeks ahead, I think next week we're doing our end of the season rankings, yeah. which oh. are always fun. And then, man, we're going to hit into the off season. Man. Okay. So, okay. yeah. But um, in the meantime, everybody, thanks so much for listening. We appreciate it every single week. Um, but in the meantime, guys, have a great week, and we will catch you all next time. Deuces. <laughs>